0: Amen. Well, it's good to see you guys. I know this is kind of uh, not the circumstances that I like to come in, but I really think God has a word for us here today. As a matter of fact, um, I hadn't been to Hugo in a good while, so I was planning to go this coming Wednesday night, and I was thinking about this message, and I thought, this is what I'll do. So, when this happened... uh, Jacob, of course, was out of town in Colorado. Uh, Seth, I think, was in uh, Texarkana, and this one was here, and this one was there. And when Sue talked to much, many of the speakers, everybody, no one really had a word. They felt that was appropriate for what's going on. I said, I'll do it. <laughs> so I'm here. I really think it's a word from God for you. So my dilemma now is, the thing I had studied for Hugo, they got to probably here this morning because we broadcast last night, so I'm going to have to change the title. I don't think they'll know the difference down there. <laughs> They're not near as smart as you guys are over here. <laughs> I'll just change the title just a little bit. And Randy said, that sounds familiar. And said, I don't think so, Randy. I don't, I don't think so. Either. I believe you're mistaken there. <laughs> Go back to sleep. <laughs> Amen. All right. Are you happy? Good, good. You know, life's not always easy, but life can be a blessing if you just really work at it right and really put your all into it and, and find your gifts and talents and kind of stay within your lane, so to speak. It's amazing what God can do through ordinary people. And it's ordinary people that God has always used. And it's somehow, he had the way to kind of sift out those who thought they were something, push them to the side. And, and God can take the sometimes the least among us, to do the greatest works, and I don't know about you, but I feel that's the category I've always been in, the least among us, and uh, I I see other people that are so more polished and so better and so more educated and all these things, and I think, well, how how in the world could I do that? But at the same time, if God asks you to do something, you kind of have a responsibility to step up to the plate and take a swing at the ball. Don't you think so? You don't win games by sitting on the bench. You win games by being in the game. You have to take a swing at the ball. Even though you miss sometimes, you take a swing, you practice, you get coaches into your life that can help you, that watch you and see what you're doing. And as they begin to uh, to coach you through life, you'd be surprised at how much teamwork is a part of being really successful in life. These life groups, I mean these care groups, these these things that we do are Terribly important. That's not really the good word to use, terribly. Terribly has been used multiple ways at different points in history. As a matter of fact, at one time, it was used different than we use it today, and that's how I just used it. So I didn't actually make a mistake. <laughs> terribly important. I was thinking, I was talking to Jeff a while ago, and a few years ago, I had never been much of one to shoot with a pistol. And uh, I just didn't shoot pistols. And we we never we used rifles and long guns, and we always had one around, but I never really shot them much because I was not very good. So I went out with one. Of our uh, friends at the church who was in law enforcement and well trained, and he had this new pistol. It was a new 40 cal, and I'd never shot one. I said, yeah, I'll shoot it. So I'm shooting, and I'm shooting fairly decent, but I'm not hitting the mark. And he said, Well, I know what your problem is. I said, What? I'm right handed, but I'm left eye dominant. And so instead of looking down the pistol with this eye, I was leaning over. Dennis probably, Dennis, you'll know what I'm talking about. I was looking like this, and it was my finger was wrong, I was pulling the trigger, and I was doing everything wrong. I didn't know I was doing those things wrong, but a coach watching me was able to speak into my life instead of being arrogant, well, who do you think you are? Hey, thank you, buddy, and I'm actually getting pretty good with a pistol, and I've shot several pigs with a pistol, and I mean, <laughs> there's nothing more fun than shooting a pig with a pistol. You should try it. <laughs> it's better than Six Flags any day, I promise you. <laughs> Man, he's like, yeah. Okay. And those of you that love pigs, I do too, next to the eggs, so it's it's good. (laughs) That's one of Pastor Dwayne's funny, so I think I can borrow that today. The most successful human that's ever walked the face of this earth, and you know who he is before I get to his name, was a complete individual. He was full of grace, he was full of truth. He had the spirit without measure. And his name was Jesus, as you well know. You've already jumped ahead of me, so I'm okay with that because he is the most successful person that's ever walked the face of the earth. I don't think we have the right image of him, though. Somehow I think that we kind of think that he's a solemn, mad individual who's really out to get you. and, And a lot of movies have portrayed that. A lot of pictures that people have painted of someone they've never even saw have made him out to be this little emaciated individual who just... Dour-faced and holding a little sheep under his arm, or something like that, and yet this magnificent man was someone who was not afraid of anything. No one intimidated him. At twelve years old, he was standing in the temple with the scribes and the Pharisees, debating the things of God with them, just like he was supposed to be there. And when they said, "What were you, I was about my father's business?" This man grew up knowing who he was, knowing he had a purpose, and because of the joy. Set before him, the Bible said, he set his face like a flint, and he didn't deviate that any way at all to the right or to the left. And so, this magnificent man, if you study his life and you think, "Wow, if I could be like that," I've just sometimes I will think back, had I walked with Jesus in that days, he wrote walk down those and beaches and roads along the lake and the dusty roads and, and just healing this person, healing that person and raising this one up off of a deathbed. Everybody's happy. and I, he's, There's no madness and there's no meanness. There's, the only people that are mad are the people that can't do it and are losing their foothold with, in control over people. Right. And he's touching this person. He's giving advice to this one and he's just communicating the word and the love and the life of God everywhere he goes. And people are excited and... I kind of try to picture some of these things in my mind, but I, could, I was just thinking about this one guy that Jesus heals and he pulls him up out of his bed and he cleanses the leper and different ones. But this guy is just excited and he takes off and Jesus has to run him. Whoa, 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 don't go tell anybody. Nobody's supposed to know this yet. He's not mad. He's just full of life and full of vigor and vitality. And when he comes into a room, he comes on a mission and with a purpose and he comes to take care of his, heaven's business. He don't come and pray and say, well, I'll I'll do my best, you know, and timid. He approaches life with gusto, and I like that. That's the kind of man he was. And so he's a successful man, and and everybody sees it. His mom sees it even before he comes out as the Messiah. She knows, and, of course, she remembers back when she was a young girl, and the angel visited her, and she just had this great visitation, and she knows he's a special child. And at that wedding, the first miracle recorded, and they run out of wine. And what do we do? What do we do? And Mary said, go ask Jesus, and whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Right. See, they knew that you could get your answers when you went to Jesus. In Luke chapter 11, his disciples are with him. You can find the, th- the same thing in Matthew chapter six, but I I need to read the question here in Luke chapter 11. It's not recorded for some reason in Matthew. I think it's the same time. It's the same message, so I'm pretty sure it's in the same place. Luke 11 verse 1, this is the passion translation. This is the one God uses. Currently, currently, he changes occasionally, and so I try to stick with him. I had You can't believe debates I've had with people over these translations I use. The King James Only group just really just goes all the way through them when I use one of these translations. I love the King James Version. I'm not opposed to the King James Version. I usually carry one, but I have to have a wheelbarrow to push it around in. It's so big. So I like these little paper things. They're cheap, and you can throw them down, and you can write all over them, and they're, they're pretty cool. But I love this translation, so it may read something different than what you're in right now. One day as Jesus was in prayer, one of his disciples came over to him as he finished and said, Would you teach us a model prayer that we can pray just like John did for his disciples? And so Jesus began to teach them about prayer. It's what we call the Lord's Prayer. And we usually quote it from how it's written in Matthew, but that's what we're talking about. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know the prayer. Well, really, it's not a prayer that he taught them. It's a how to template on prayer. It's a model on how you pray. And then when you take that model and you put your words into it, it becomes something personal with you. The Lord's Prayer, actually, you'd find it in John chapter 17 where he's praying for his disciples, and that's a true prayer. Or you could even find the Lord's Prayer at the tomb of Lazarus when he's praised to God and he said, God, I'm praying out loud. Not for you to hear me, but for them to hear me, because you and I have already talked about this, and so I'm doing it for their benefit. But this is a model for how to pray. It's okay if you pray it word for word. I have no problem with that. But it's better if you know what you're praying and why you're saying the things that you're saying. This prayer was something, somehow, this disciple recognized that Jesus, his success was connected to his prayer life. It was connected to his prayer life. I'm going to be honest with you. I always say this, but that doesn't mean I'm sometimes not honest. It means that I'm trying to emphasize something here. I haven't always been a person of prayer. I found prayer to be tedious and somewhat obnoxious and a hindrance to my life and getting on on about my business. I I was too busy to be a person of prayer. I didn't really see the full benefit and value of prayer. And it was just something I did when I was in an emergency or against the wall, so to speak. And it was usually just a cry out. I did not enjoy my prayer life. Am I the only one like that? I just didn't enjoy it. And so it took me a long time to really begin to get a revelation of what prayer was all about and how to effectively pray. And when I started realizing you can be effective in your prayer. You can actually see results as a, as you can see actually things happen and change as a result of your prayer life once you begin to know how to pray effectively. So this is what the disciple, I don't know which one it was. It didn't matter. They all should have asked the question. Maybe Peter, they could always poke him and make him ask a question or something. He was easily provoked. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And if you see what we see and what I think we'll see this morning, this is why our pastor who's taught us so much about the things of God knows he can depend upon you when you pray because you're doing this even though you don't realize it sometimes. He starts off his prayer. And let's go back over to the book of Matthew chapter 6 because I like the way it's read, the way it reads here better. Matthew chapter 6, same story. And listen, it's my message. I can choose which reading I like, okay? (laughs) And when you preach, you can choose the one you like. You do realize that this was, that we canonized 66 books and put them in the Bible, that these 66 books in the Bible were written over 1,500 years, three continents, and 40 different authors. 1,500 years span, three continents. These guys never met each other, and there's no inconsistencies in the Word of God from front to back. There's a few discrepancies in how things were translated. There's a few, very few, not many, and and most of them. What I have found out over my course of history is just because I don't understand something that Zach says and the way he interprets it, it doesn't mean Zach is wrong. It's just Zach sees something I don't see. And I found out if I would just not discard it, but it may be something that actually unlocks doors in my life and I finally see something more clearly than I ever have. Amen? Just a few weeks ago, we're talking about social media and and again, a lot of you guys aren't on social media yet, and I was reluctant, but man, you can learn a lot about people on social media. I mean, I'm a troll, I think. I've become a troll. <laughs> you know, you people, you just, I don't understand some of you guys, what you put on faith. People read that stuff, don't you know that? <laughs> but anyway, I've become acquainted with this guy, and we serve on this particular institution together, and... We have a president. now. I'm not endorsing our president. I, that's not what I'm going with this. I endorse the fact that he endorses prayer. Right. And he has invited people into his chambers that are full of faith, power, and the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? And I'm talking about some of the people he's invited in or the kind I would want invited into my room if I was in charge. You say, well, I don't believe he's sincere. That doesn't matter. It don't matter. Because when you invite God in and you open the door and the Holy Ghost steps in. <laughs> You might have made a wrong choice, all right? But I think he is sincere. But one of the people that he's invited in is a lady, and she's, for some reason, she's at the top of the list, and she's the one putting all these teams together. And you guys may have heard of her. Her name is Paula White. And I have no problem with Paula White. She's dynamic, and, I mean, she's had issues in her life like the rest of us do, a a divorce that she went through that... And if you hear the whole story without judging her and go back and hear her whole life story, you'd have a different opinion of that even, and you'd see something different than what you ever thought. And so I give her lots of grace, and I'm just full of giving people grace and room to make mistakes and just be full of life and make a new start over. That's just kind of what I'm all about. I'm not much of one of those. And you made a mistake. You're out, not me. And he was just really criticizing her. And I realized this whole group of his people, and they go to this particular church, they just constantly were berating her and how she did things and how over the top, and I can't believe, she said when she goes there, heaven come to the White House, and I thought, well, they actually did, but anyway, she went on, and they went on, and they went on, and I thought, here's because she doesn't do it like they do it, she's different than the way they do it. It bent them so much out of shape, they, instead of seeing what was happening, that the White House doors were open to the glory of God in the presence of God and been excited about We've invited somebody that knows how to pray into the White House. I don't care if they wear their collars backwards and they invite them in to pray. I'm for you. I don't care if you got a cardinal's robe on. If you want to go in and pray for my president, get your grubby hands on his head and start praying. <laughs> I'm, for I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah, pray, pray. And these guys, because it wasn't done their way, been out of shape, instead of being excited about what good was happening, they were criticizing the difference in her style versus their style. Now, I'm just a simple guy. Simple. Does that make any kind of logical sense to anybody in this room? Is there anybody say I agree with them people, they're right. Anybody bold enough to say, yeah, that's right, she's an idiot. I don't care if she is or not, she's praying. I didn't say she wasn't. I don't know her. I've never met her. I've never met her. Right. How can I criticize someone I've never met? Right. <laughs> you know, we, we just jumped, we jumped from one problem to another by our own circumstances sometimes and by our own doing. And I thought if you would just stop and think about what you're doing, taking on the responsibility for everybody's actions in the world, and it's just crazy. Nobody's made to carry that kind of a load. We find fault with this person because their house is too big. And we find fault with this one because, you know, they, they uh, don't talk in tongues. Or this one does talk in tongues. Or we find fault with this one because they bought a new jet. And we find fault with this one because they drive a Rolls Royce. And this one over here, he's living in a little shack. And he's mad because this one's living in a big house. And one in the big house is looking down on the one in the... I mean, people just get all kinds of crazy things going on that none of us need to go there. So I was thinking about this. This is a, well, that's good, thank you. But this is how my mind works, and I'm going to share it with you, so you'll understand me a little better. <laughs> well, if I were to go where I went this morning, I'd be a little different. We, we sure know I'm crazy, but uh, recently a guy I've never met him before in my life, a pastor, and he's well known. I've seen him on television a lot. and He runs with some people that I know, but I've never met him. And he was asking for his followers for $60 million to buy a new airplane. And it just took the wind out of people. (laughs) Why can't he walk? Why can't he ride a bicycle? Whatever. And that sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? It doesn't sound like a lot of money? That sounds like a lot of money to me. Let me ask you something. You think that's a lot of money. It's, It's all relative. You understand that, don't you? It's hard to make concrete rules on things that are relative. The only real thing that we have that's actual and it's finite, the thing that you can really base any foundation upon, is the Word of God. It's the only true foundation. Everything else is subject to the common opinion. This is why when you take God out of a platform in any particular party in in life, a, poli- a political party, there's nowhere to go but down because you've taken a firm foundation, a footing down. And what was accepted accepted today, 50 years ago, we would have never dreamed would be accepted, but 50 years from now, I'm telling you what, pedophilia, you may think sex between older men and younger kids is sick and it's gross, and it is. It's, if we keep going down this road, it will eventually be accepted. That's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. So we have to make a stand. But if Zach was to come and say, guys, we got a huge project up." You know, the, the building burned down or something like that. And I'm asking, could you guys, those of you that will, I'm asking a few of you to give $300 a piece. Just a show of hands. Is there anybody that could scratch around in the couch or somewhere and be okay with coming up with maybe 300 bucks if you, if you could do it and got to it? That's kind of a doable deal, isn't it? $300, I could probably do that. How many would just say, that's just crazy, anybody needing $300? Nobody go there probably. But when a guy says, I need a $60 million airplane, he's, oh, my God, that's just crazy. (laughs) Well, he didn't ask anyone to give him $60 million. He asked 200,000 of his followers to give him $300 apiece. Does that change your perspective on on it at all? See, it's relative. It's relative to what you have to give, what God's called you to do. I didn't give him $300. I'm not his follower. I'm not opposed to him buying a $60 million plane. I don't care. People said more power to him. I didn't feel called to give him $300, so it's not my business now, is it? I'm not a part of the problem. I'm not a part of the solution, so it's not my business. I've never met Paula White, so to judge her character, it's really not my business either. But what I can judge is what I see. She's praying for our president, and I'm, yes, it's a win from my side. It's a win from my side. We're different. We're different. God causes. And calls people that are different and unique and individual. And, and these guys that follow Jesus, here's a disciple that said, man, he's got something good and I want it. And you've got these other set of guys who were with their arms crossed, look at him and said, they didn't wash their hands before they ate. Yeah, right. See, I'm a cowboy. That don't make sense to me. <laughs> we eat our lunch in the cow lot and, and I'm I saying, ooh, that's what I thought it was.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, that's how you find things out, isn't it? <laughs> Anybody relate to that one? <laughs> it's like, what are you spitting out? You know what I'm spitting out. <laughs> God chooses who he chooses to choose, and he didn't wash his hands. That, just stuff like that just does not click with me. It doesn't click with me. Here we have a man who can raise the dead. We have a man who can come in and stretch someone's hands out. And you got one guy here who said, would you teach me how to do that? Teach me how to pray so I can be effective in my life You're like you're effective in your life. And he said, I'll teach you. I'll, sure, I'll teach you. So here in Matthew, let me start up here in verse number 5. I'm kind of back up before the Lord's Prayer. And this is all part of it. He said, Whenever you pray, be sincere. That's the number one thing. Not the rules and the regulations as much as sincerity. Somehow we went through a stage where we got to talking about the three steps to victory and the five steps to overcome anxiety and the 12 steps to do this. And, and, and we got into these steps and these programs and all these patterns thinking that you can take one pattern and it's a one pattern fits all. And if man comes up with it, it isn't a one pattern fits all. It may work for a season, but... It's going to have its start and its finish and eventually be, wear itself out. I feel like a church like we have, we, we, some of the things we used to do, we don't do anymore because they wore out. Wasn't, we're in a different season in our life. Be sincere. There's something about being sincere that's more effective than the rules and the regulation. The man who gave his money and I've given, and then the little lady who dropped, all she had, and forgive me, a sinner. Jesus said, who you think was justified? We're in, uh, of course, we just prayed for you, Rice, and that's on my mind. And all of us go through things. You realize that. My last grandchild was born. We were out in Augusta, Georgia, and, in the hospital there. And uh, uh, just five pounds and something and not eating at all. And the numbers were just dropping like crazy. Couldn't eat anything and just... They were going to go in the next day and put a tube in a feeding tube. And, or maybe even that night, the doctor was going to come back around. And if things were going on a steady downhill decline. And, of course, my wife's praying. She's a praying woman. And you need a praying woman in your life. And women, you need a praying husband in your wife. You need somebody that when you're against the wall, somebody can step up to the plate. You need a team around you that pray. And if your wife or husband is not born again, get connected with someone here at the church. But my wife was praying. My son-in-law was praying. And again, I used to not be a man of prayer, but I've learned to be a man of prayer. So I'm going to get to that in a minute. My daughter was praying. And of course, I was praying. But when we went into that little NICU, I think, isn't that what they call it, the NICU? And the little baby's in there, and the sweetest little nurse. I mean, she was awesome. You could tell she was a woman of faith, and it just stands out. I mean, they just, you guys are evident. You might as well just uh, quit trying to hide it. You are who you are. And um, I'm, I'm just looking at my grandbaby, and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I don't just do what I want to do. Sometimes if he doesn't speak, I move, but sometimes he moves me, and I hear this, I said, I remember when Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a fever, Jesus just touched her, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to serve them. So inside, I I just said, Lord, I'm just, I'm not talking out loud, I'm talking inside, and I just put my little finger on Tucker, and and I was under my breath. I said, life is flowing from me into Tucker. Life, the life of God, just like Jesus, when he touched Peter's mother-in-law, is flowing from me. Into him. There wasn't a formula. It wasn't a secret sauce. I didn't feel anything particular. I didn't feel the virtue go through my arm into the child or anything like that. I didn't make a big show of it. I usually pray out loud, but this time I just sensed that just do that. It wasn't a few minutes the nurse called back. Did somebody pray for this baby? (laughs) Now I didn't take credit for all of it because we all were and said, instantly. Within a few minutes, that baby started eating. The numbers went back to normal. They brought it out of the NICU. That day, it was over. Don't need to be here anymore. No formula. But that's making a connection from earth into heaven and a sincere heart that's speaking out. I think we've complicated the, the kingdom of God. I think we've complicated even getting saved. I'm okay with confessing the Lord Jesus Christ, believing your heart, God, repeat after me. And okay, you're saved. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about six of us right now. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not criticizing what we do. I'm not criticizing it. But there's people that Jesus would heal and he just said, No, don't, don't sin no more. They were saved. By coming to him, acknowledging him. I think there's people that just cry out, Jesus, in their time of need. Bam. Bam. You don't need him more than that. You got it. If you were sincere, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hmm. All right? I don't need to show. You don't need to show me anything. Your heart needs to be right with God. All right. So he said, be sincere when you pray. Okay, I think I can work that one up. Not like the pretenders who love the attention that they receive while praying before others in the meetings and on street corners. Believe me, they already receive in full their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be along with God, your father, praying to him in secret. This doesn't mean that if somebody hears your prayer that it's annulled. So you can get caught bogged down even in these teachings and training. It just means don't be praying to be seen. If you accidentally hear me pray, my prayer is still effective. Just because you heard it is not going to annul it. But if I'm praying just to be heard, that's my reward right there. You heard me pray. Nothing else. You see the difference there? So don't get messed up. with Again, I tell you what, this is not a religion. It's a walk with Christ, and it has nothing to do with rules and regulations. Nothing. Boy, that's not a very good clap, was it? Y'all didn't. I don't think they bought that one. <laughs> they did not buy that. You, you work on that one. <laughs> All right, I'll let that one go. I have rules and regulations in my life, I keep under my own body. I buffet myself on a regular basis, lest after I preach to others, I myself should become a castaway. I follow the word of God, it's a lifestyle. That I have adapted myself to and brought within my life, And it flows from the outside instead of from the from the inside out, instead of from the outside in. Okay, we'll just keep pecking away at that one. Let it go. For they expect God to hear them because of their any. So he said, "Don't be." Praying with a lot of empty phrases. There's nothing wrong with repetition. The King James says vain repetition. That's what he's talking about, empty repetition, not repetition. There's nothing wrong with repetition. You teach kids how to count their numbers by repeating it over and over again. We learn things through repetition. He said just be careful on empty repetition, thinking that just because you say a lot, that means more than saying a little. It's kind of simple. There's no need to imitate them since your father already knows what you need before you ask. Pray like this. So here we are. We're at the meat of this, and we're almost out of time. So our father dwelling in the heavenly places, may the glory of your name be the center of which terms our lives turn. Our father which art in heaven, the first line. God has invited you and I. Our father, they weren't children of God yet they weren't the church they were his followers but they were his children in the sense of believed in God and he accounted them as his children this is going to get a lot richer as they go through life this is the initial stages of it and your life when you begin to pray will get richer and richer as you pray if I could say this platform right here is the earth and I come before God there's a scripture in Joel chapter 2 Joel is a pretty good book to read Peter quoted Joel on the day of Pentecost. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your old should dream, dream, your young men mission. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> is it time to get up already? <laughs> That's how I go to sleep. All right. You're, on, you're in heaven and you've got needs. In that second chapter of Joel, he called the priests. Now, the priests were the Levites. And only certain people could be the priests. Peter says that you're a kingdom of priests. You are. You're a priest now in God's kingdom. And as a priest, you have responsibilities. I said there's no rules or regulations, but there's a lot of responsibilities in the sense of now that you are who you are, you do what you do. What he told them to do said they would take the needs of the people on the porch. Take them to the altar and cry and lift these needs up to God. God would in turn speak to the priests. Which had one foot on earth. And one foot in heaven. As they're talking to God. And take this word from heaven. And bring it back to the people. They were, they were conduit. They were bringing heaven to earth. So Jesus said when you pray. Our father. I'm, I'm his family now. And, and through this deal on prayer, if you read Luke 11, Luke 17, Luke 18 and Matthew six, you'll see when he talks about being persistent in your prayer, and, and if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your Father, how much more will the Holy, heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to those that ask him? Yeah. He's going to give you something from heaven, something that comes from a realm where the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God be done. Bringing it to earth so that it can be done here on the earth also. When you take this up, our Father, which art in heaven, I'm connecting myself now, heaven and earth. One foot on earth, one foot in heaven. People that are struggling down here and that really don't know what heaven is about. God's using you and he's using me to take the needs of this person that's blind, this person that's crippled, this person that's deaf, this person that's... Uh, marriage is falling apart, this person that has no direction for their life, this person who don't even know what's up or down about the kingdom of God. I'm holding on to them, one foot in their life. I'm stepping into heaven. I'm ha- grabbing hold God and getting a word. And now God is flowing through me into them. That's what he wants to do through your life also. Right. Huh? <laughs> Jesus, look, look, Jesus said, it said good master. He, oh, oh, don't call me good. There's none good but God. And they said, how do you do these things? I don't do these things. It's the Father in me that does the work. So here I am. I'm holding on to this dear one, and I'm holding on to God. And all I am is a piece of pipe that he can flow through. I'm just a piece of pipe that he can flow through. I'm just a conduit. It's not about me. It's about him, and it's about what he wants to do for them. Heaven and earth united. We unite heaven to earth with prayer. Thy kingdom come, God, on earth like it is in heaven. So when I get that word about kingdom priorities and kingdom vision and kingdom word and what God wants done and what is being done in heaven, I can come back to the earth and step out of heaven, but now it's heaven on earth. Totally me, totally God. And now I can begin to speak and prophesy through my prayer life God's word over my situation and over yours. This is where we, this is where we've we kind of missed this. We've we've missed this. Uh, we've missed this because we've just kind of looked for these quick fix changes. And we're charismatic and we're spirit filled people. I understand that, but somehow we've got to the place where it's all about miracles. And I'm a miracles guy. I love miracles. They're awesome. I, I've watched. Uh, uh, a guy the other day who had a visitation from God, and when he come out of that, he died and went to heaven and come back. He could play 14 instruments. Awesome. <laughs> 14 instruments. I want to play one. <laughs> if I could say I'll, I'll take the tuba. I don't care. <laughs> if I just could play something in the band, it'd be awesome. Huh? He'd come back playing four, 14. Well, that's a miracle, isn't it? I would, something. Yeah. But we, get, we, we want to see people instantly healed, and, and I'm okay with that. What it is, sometimes we take that and we throw out the teaching on seed time and harvest out the window because we expect something to happen instantaneous. And God is the one, when we're standing between heaven and hell, if you'll listen closely, he will direct you on how it's going to go. You'll know whether you should go to the doctor or not go to the doctor. You'll know if you should take the medicine or not take the medicine. You're connected to God, so it's all good. And if I did die, well, (coughs) (laughs) bye-bye. See you all later. I'm gone. Out of here, buddy. Huh? That's all it is. I just stepped from one dimension to another, and you just didn't see it happen. I'm aware of where I am now, more aware than I've ever been. But we're connected, and we, we, we're more connected sometimes here than we are here. And God said, the more you get connected here, the more of here will be able to flow down to here. Amen. It'll flow more. Man, I'm so turned on to a prayer life now. I've been I've been taking even for me. This is a big deal. You know, I do change over time. I do change over time. I, my wife has forced me to watch Hallmark movies till <laughs> 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 They've started affecting me. I I rented ran this ranch and this uh, guy lives in Texas and uh, he's got four dogs out there. DAWG'S dogs. I feed his dogs for him. Who would have ever thought that? Me. I, I, that's not what I do with dogs. But, And then one of my neighbors died, and he had two dogs. And they were just there, and, and his uh, family was coming, and one of them was on a walker, and twice he got down, and somebody said to go help him up. And I, thought, I felt sorry for them. I said, I'll feed the dogs for you. And I thought, when I went back and... Then my wife decided we need to take those two dogs down to the vet and give them their shots, and just bring them up to the house. It's easier than feed them down there. And I thought, them stupid Hallmark movies. Now I'm feeding dogs and rescuing animals. Something's not right here. <laughs> I gave up my man card instantly. <laughs> I never would have dreamed that. <laughs> I'm not sure how I got here. <laughs> I'm not where to go now. <laughs> God, I really am. I'm not sure. Help me backtrack somebody. What got me on to the dogs? Change over time. Oh, prayer life, yeah, change. I'm talking about prayer, aren't I? Not dogs? God, I lost it first. Okay. I'm more turned on to prayer life than I've ever been, because I'm seeing now how I can bring heaven into my circumstances and begin to see effectual change in my own life. It's awesome. When you get into this realm and knowing that, you know what, I'm going to pray for the sick person. I don't know what God's going to do. It's up to him. But he's told me and I, he's whispered in my ear, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I'm just going to do my part. It's all up to God and I'm just going to go to the next one, the next one. I'm going to keep following his plan for my life, seeking him on everything and every turn that I do. And I've realized that heaven is not so far from earth. That's right. That's right. They are Connected. Heaven and earth connected. Earth can't always see heaven. I, I, I won't go too far here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you through a little journey of just kind of how my mind goes for just a moment. Because the fact that heaven can't, earth can't see heaven. If I were to take a, uh, if you were to study physics, and if I were to take uh, just a flat sheet of paper, and I drew a point here and a point here and i drew one line the closest place between two points is a straight line you, you guys learned that here to here is a straight line and this is called one dimension the one dimension is its own little world that's all it knows i'm the king of the world he doesn't know there's anything else he's just the king of the world someone bigger than him comes along and draws a line parallel to him point b d to point c C to D or whichever way. And he looked, hey, you're just like me. One dimension, one dimension, two dimensions. We have length. At first, all we had was length, but no breadth. Now we have length and breath. Hmm, I didn't know there was another me, but you've revealed yourself to me. Now, the two of us are something different. Well, they're rocking along in the little world, and this is all there. It's a two-dimensional world. We have, we are it. We're the kings. Someone else comes along bigger than both of them and draws another two and then connects them with lines and you have a cube. And now we have three dimensions. The first dimension didn't know there was a second dimension until it was revealed to it. The second dimension didn't know there was a third dimension until it was revealed to it. But the third dimension is not who he is without the first and the second dimension making up who he is. So that, now I'm thinking about that. I'm going to go ahead and throw this in. We're at dinner last night with my wife, and uh, my son's in the same town. and we're, It's in Sherman when we're leaving the church, and my daughter's over there. And, and I'm, I, don't, I let this come out of my mouth out loud, and I didn't mean to. And I, I didn't know I spoke out loud. You know, I, I do that a lot, but <laughs> I'm just there talking, and I said, I've been thinking about something all week, and they all perked up like, oh, this is going to be good. We're fixing to do something big. And I said, I think I figured out how to time travel. <laughs> and they just dropped their fork. What do you mean? Time trial? I said, oh, it's not that hard. It's not that, I, I know how to do it. I said, if you take the Earth is round, the Sun's round, and the Moon's round, and you take all these round planets, and they say there's about 100 a, a billion stars like the Sun within the Milky Way galaxy, and there's about 100 billion galaxies or more. It's boggling. But these galaxies are flat. Right. They have some breadth, but they're mostly flat. And I thought, if you take, and I'm thinking, see, you think I'm not going somewhere with this, but I'm going to tie what I'm talking about, heaven and earth together here. If I take a flat universe, <clears throat> and I want to go from one side to the other, and I do that in a lot of years, it's going to take me too long. I'm not old enough. A hundred billion stars and trillions of miles apart, and light at the speed of sound, it'd take billions of years to get from one end to the other, because that is such a long distance. I thought, if you could get those points together, you could just step across from one point to the other. So I said, all we got to do, I told my wife, is, is we got to learn how to fold the universe. <laughs> and now point A and point B, you can fold it till they touch and they become one, and you've just time traveled. And they said, really? I said, yeah, I just don't know how to do that. <laughs> so I said, I don't know if anybody else probably ever could, but that's all it takes is do that, to fold the universe and then the points touch. So physicists have come up with a geometrical formula that proves the existence of time travel. (laughs) I know you you guys thinking, All right. There's a problem with it. In the formula, they had to calculate something called unknown material. And when I heard that, I thought, Duh, I can calculate anything if you give me some unknown material. (laughs) That's a, Any genius can figure that out. And it is that they can prove it. They just can't find this unknown material. And one guy that was questioning a physicist I watched one time, and said, well, where do you find it at? And he said, well, you don't. It doesn't exist. And it's like, well, you just said we could time travel. it. Well, we can on paper, but you can't actually do it because there's no such thing as unknown material. I beg to differ with that. There is an unknown material. To the third dimension. That tells him there's no such thing as time travel. No such thing as being translated from one point to the next. No such thing as entering from one realm to another realm. But I see where Elijah was caught up in the heaven. When a chariot of fire came out of heaven and picked him up and took him out. And the world said, what happened there? Where did he go? I can see a guy named Enoch who walked with God. And Enoch was not. Where did he go? Did he just disappear? He did just disappear. He went into another realm that I've not been privy to understand yet. Jesus is in the garden, transfigured before their eyes, and there stands two men with him. Again, the Bible has been written over 1,500 years. Forty Arthurs, three continents, and it doesn't go back too far, and when it does go back, there was no cameras, no pictures, nobody's seen Moses, nobody's seen Elijah, but the guys with Jesus instantly knew that's Moses and Elijah. They're in this world. They've been invited to peek into this world. They're not actually in it because they got sleepy and tired, and you know, Jesus had to shake them up. So all they get to do is kind of peek in. Well, there's Moses and Elijah. In there, come look. You know they're looking in. Jesus is trying to get them to step in, but they're looking in. I submit to you when Jesus said, "When you pray and you have needs, you have a need of your kids. Have needs of this, and your kids have needs of that." Ask God; He'll give you the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will time travel you into another dimension so that you can bring heaven's grace right here to the earth. You can be introduced to something that the world. Don't know. And if we, the church, don't rise up and find our place in heaven, get full of the glory and the grace of God, stand in the presence of God, and step out on the world and demonstrate that there is no way they can even know there's another dimension where God reigns and rules. He reigns and rules through you. And that's why he's teaching us how to pray. I want you to bring heaven to earth. Amen. Amen. So, when I find this non-existent matter, who wants to go with me across the universe? (laughs) I should be a science fiction writer. I found the matter, guys. He's right here on the inside of me. I found him. I found heaven, and I know what heaven looks like. Heaven looks like a whole body. Heaven looks like a person who's of right mind and conscious and soul. Heaven is eyes that see and ears that hear. Heaven is people that have wonderful marriages and great build great businesses, and heaven is, is just full of truth and grace and love and honesty and miraculous healing power. Yeah. That's heaven. Let's, let's, let's go in. Let's pray like they prayed, and let's be bold, and let's step out and say, my Father said, if I lay my hands on you, you will get well. Amen? Amen. All right. Are you good? Amen, come on up Pastor Zach.